ladies and gentlemen, we're back to the booth. Essentially, the booth is the back room of the house to record the podcast. And today we're going to talk about another song that has made country music what it is in the Country Classic series. And that is a song that most people will recognize. This is not one of the oddball ones. This is one that I've come up with myself. Um, This is actually, I don't know, it's really hard to say. Because a lot of people will say, hey, this is my favorite song ever. And I really can't say that necessarily because I have so many great songs. And to actually sit there and like give my top ten of country music songs would essentially be like ripping apart parts of me. And I'd really have to look deeply, not just on the historical aspect of it, but also you know what the songs mean to me. Because essentially country music is like that. is songs that are about me. So choosing certain songs like I could choose Chasing the Light I know I talk about it all the time but if I was putting a top 10 that song was so personable to me I could easily put that in the top 10 but historically obviously it doesn't have much uh, traction according to like songs like I'm No Stranger to the Rain or or Islands in the Stream or something like that songs that have of course been number ones popular in essentially releasing and stuff and this song right here is one of those songs that is popular, but also I would deem it probably close in my top 10. So it has both. It has the historical value, and it also has like the personal value. And the first time I ever heard this song was with my grandpa, of course. Most country music that I've learned from the traditional sense has been from him. The neo-traditional, of course, has been me, but the original country music, that makes me view country music what it is today i was learned through the radio chilling in the minivan going to and from school was from my grandpa and this song came on one day and i was sitting there and of course me and my grandpa were both big western buff he would always be watching those john wayne classics um i was always really into tombstone that's my favorite movie of all time and one thing that i will say is when i heard the song come on I was like, whoa, this is old school, has like that western beat to it. Then the lyrics started going, and I'm like, okay, this is a very good song. And, of course, my grandpa would tell me about the song and give me like a historical overlook and just how it influenced the times. But, you know, this song is very popular. It's always played on the radio. I would say it's almost played every hour on the radio, especially if there's the outlaw hour on whatever radio station that you listen to. Uh, 98.1, I think it's like the Drive at 5 or something like that, an hour, or the outlaw drive at 5, I think is what it's called. And, you know, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I, I listen to my own music. I have it all downloaded on Spotify, listen to what I want to. But that's one thing is, on the radio, it is always played, and it's always pushed, because it is one of the greatest songs in country music, the country classics, and this song is Pancho and Lefty. Not Pancho, but Pancho, and we will get into that. There's an interesting story behind that. So, let's dive into the history of Pancho, or Pancho and Lefty. So, Pancho and Lefty was originally written as Pancho and Lefty, which was just an absolute country classic, but not at the time. This song was written by Towns Van Zant, who is well regarded as one of the brightest minds of country music ever. 
He resided mostly in dive bars for the most of his career and the majority of the 70s in a home without electricity or even a phone. So talk about old school. This is this man was just out there different. He was doing his own thing. And one thing about it is his whole career is just that. When you listen to his albums, like his uh, the late, great Towns Van Zant album, you can really tell that he doesn't put a lot of production value into his songs. He just likes it as it is. And that kind of translates over to his like lack of technology and stuff that he had around him. And that's not saying he didn't have access to it, but that's just saying that that's how he was. That's who he was. His career was mainly plagued by alcoholism and drug abuse while also being diagnosed at the time as being bipolar. And there's a lot of great stories about Van Zant and about how that's influenced his life. And I remember listening to the uh, Billy Don Burns and Josh Morningstar album, um, The Brothers of Music, are in Josh's releases on the albums in Spotify. And you can find them on YouTube and essentially everywhere else. They actually discussed about Van Zant and about, you know, how he was always kind of, not necessarily out there in regards to like, personality-wise, but just being always hammered or under the influence or whatever. And, I mean, who wasn't at that time? That's just the times. That's the the Americana, right? That is the time period. And, honestly and regrettably, he's one of the most forgotten people in regards to country music because you don't see song by Towns Van Zandt. You never see that. You see Poncho and Left by, you know, the legends that we're going to talk about in this aspect of the recording. But the one thing that is, listen guys, this is Towns Van Zant's song and he has forgotten about this. And we should look him up and listen to his music. And I will say that if you've never listened to his music, it's definitely a throwback. A lot less recording value than essentially the Nashville sound that we talked about in the Bakersfield sound not episode, but the little solid discussion that we had Mr. Josh, is yes, he's kind of forgotten because he didn't do that production value, and on the other side of it, he didn't have a lot of rocking going in some of his songs. So listen to him and listen to the original version of the song, Dean Poncho and Lefty. So here we go to the massive discussion, right? This song was released on the late, great Towns Van Zet album, so that Literally, that's the name of the album, in 1972. And I said his version relies mainly on his gritty voice. So, like, I, it's kind of like Christopherson, right? One of the best songwriters of all time, but not necessarily has the, the voice of the angels. But I love Towns' voice. It's just not like one of those things where I'm like, oh, he can hit this, 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 this note. It's just like he knows where he's coming from, where his comfort zone is. And he's also complimented by a little bit of mariachi and some just regular guitar strumming. You know, and the mariachi is a nice little additive to it. So, Ponch, or Pancho, <laughs> Pancho and Lefty has been covered by many great artists throughout the years, including, but not limited to, Tennessee Jet, Jason Isbell and Elizabeth Cook, Steve Earle, the guy that sings Copperhead Road, Justin Clyde Williams, Shane Smith and the Saints, and Emma Lou Harris. And that's not even counting people who have done it live at live shows. Um, there's plenty of versions. Like there's a Kenny Chesney and there's a 
even there's a Luke Ryan and just stuff like that, man. And just one of those things that it is an iconic song. And one of my favorite versions of it uh, is actually on YouTube. Cody does it back in like 2012, I think. It's been a while. Um, you can tell it by the video. But it's just a great song that everybody deems to be a great song. I think Cody even said it was one of his favorite songs. So, But the reason that we're even talking about it today is from one particular cover, I would say. And this cover released in 1983 on the same album that is entitled by the song. By two legends in country music. One from the West Coast. One's one of them originators of the Bakersfield sound. Merle Haggard. And the other one, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. One of the most iconic voices of country music. There's not a road trip that you go through that you may not be singing on the road again in your head. Willie Nelson. And this song is Poncho and Lefty. And it instantly ran up to number one when it was released. This was just, I mean, you take two headliners, you put them in the same song. Traditionally, it usually goes really good. It's been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. It's been voted as the 17th, yes, the 17th greatest Western song ever. Think about that. All the Western songs. I think of Big Iron. I think of all kinds of just troubadour, old school, Western, John Wayne-esque. And that's one of the songs that they deem to be the greatest Western songs. And not only that, voted in the top 100 of all country songs by the Rolling Stones of all time. Now, that's a pretty prestigious list, wouldn't you say? You might be asking me, yo, why is this such big of a hit? Well, first of all, you're taking two of the hardest country artists of, at the time, of all time, on the same track, which is on the same album, which is the first track on this album, together. And their musical taste together, and then you combine it with a masterfully written classic from Towns of Manzant. Man, you are in it to win it. And I feel like the song does one of the best ways of classifying the Wild West. And a lot of uh, movies romanticize the Wild West. This is like a slap in the face. It's realistic. And I always talk about country music does this well. Country music does this well. But one thing it does do well is it will tell you straight up to your face. There's no hiding what it sank. There might be some like metaphorical implications of certain lyrics and stuff, but if you want to know what a country music song's talking about and you really want to dive into it, you'll figure it out really quick. And this is one of those that's baseline. It's like, boom, here it is. It's talking about the Wild West and how, you know, there's a lot of, uh, we'll say, some dirty dealings in the West. And not necessarily for the good guys and the bad guys, but the bad guys for the good guys. So we'll talk about it. One interesting fact that I will point out is you know, the spelling of Poncho and Pancho. I've always sung up Poncho and Lefty, which is interesting. In Town's original version, it was spelled Poncho, like the one that you wear at the racetrack. However, when Willie and Merle covered the song in 83, it was spelled Pancho on some tracks, but also spelled Poncho on others. So they officially changed it to Pancho, and even though it was the official change, some new releases today spell it Poncho versus Pancho. Just that is different. So, 
You may be asking, Cole, well, I mean, obviously this is a slam dunk. This is winner, winner, chicken dinner. I mean, like, this song is so prestigious. What What do you even want to tell us about? Well, there's one interesting fact. There's a lot of interesting facts about this song, but however, this is this is what really hit me. Another crazy part is this was a late addition onto the album. Willie's daughter, Lana, actually recommended they listen to the song by Emmylou Harris. And by Emmylou Harris, I don't mean written. I'm talking about her singing it. Her version was the first one that was ever covered of Towns Van Zandt. And to this day, Harris claims that it's her song as she popularized it at first. Without her version, Willie and Merle may have never heard the song. You know, I'm sure they've listened to Towns Van Zandt's version, but they wouldn't have thought like, oh, you know, let's cover this. Like I said, it was a late edition. Just think about that. Think about that album and what song would have done the heavy hitter aspect of it. The album was missing that one song. That one song that was going to be the hit, the classic. And his own daughter recommended the song that they cover. That is mind-boggling to me. So you can thank Emmylou Harris and Lana Nelson. While shooting the music video, I will also say Haggard and Willie invited Towns Van Zant to play into the video. He's actually one of the, uh, I think he's one of the Mexican. Obviously not Poncho in it, but where it's like really cool that he got to go and be in the production of the music video because, I mean, he is part of the song's history. He is... The song. He wrote it. He's he's there. And he got paid $100 and get to ride a horse. That's a winner right there. Alright. So, this song really is baseline. Like, I can't sit here and discuss this song that much because it is just that. It is a song about, well, we'll get into it, but it just is a Wild West song. So, there's not like a deep lyrical meaning. Unless you really dive into it. So, here we go. <clears throat> First stanza, living on the road, my friend, was going to keep you free and clean, and now you wear your skin like iron and your breath as hard as kerosene. So, he's out there on the road. This is talking about Lefty. The first stanza never necessarily says Lefty's name, right? But it is implied to be Lefty. So, he left the comforts of his home to live on the road. People said that, you know, living on the road, you have no troubles or tribulations or anything. And obviously, by the next two lines, you wear your skin like iron and your breath is hard as kerosene. That's obviously not true. You have been bamboozled. You have been misguided. And it's just not the easy life that people say it is. Being a cowboy or just a rider in the West, it's not... It's not easy. Following the next lines. Weren't your mama's only boy, but her favorite one it seems. She began to cry when you said goodbye. It sank into your dreams. So, his mom obviously was not very happy about him leaving. And this could be one thing of, like, was he leaving for, you know, the West? Was he leaving for Mexico? Was he just leaving to say goodbye at the time and then he ended up with the West or to the West and Mexico? It never really says, but I would take the interpretation of his dreams were to explore 
you know, Mexico, the West. He may have been East Coast, he might have been Manifest Destiny, or he could have been just like, you know, I want to explore life and travel on the road. And that's one thing that I will say about country music that it does really well is talking about country music in regards to being on the road, it's not easy. Being someone that goes up and produces and then performs their songs every night for multiple nights on the road being away from your family, it's like the truck driver. Man, there's that comparison. I actually have a friend who is a truck driver. I actually play games with him online. And he does uh, trucking for harvesting when it is crop season. And the hours are really long and hard. And he talks about that if he was, you know, married, it would be a lot harder for him. But he is single. And imagine being on the road, married, and trying to live your duties as a father, a lover, and just a person while having to perform while upstage every night, every day, repeatedly for 250, 150, just a whole bunch of days, a whole bunch of being away from the ones that you love, your family members, your friends. You might be torn with some of your friends, but you're essentially away from the place that you grew up to be. So that is an interesting point to bring up. So there is a little... Uh, correlation there. So we're on to the next stanza. Talking about our bad boy. Pancho, I'm going to say Pancho, Pancho was a bandit boy. His horse was fast as polished steel. He wore his gun outside his pants for all the honest world to feel. So essentially he is the bandito, the Mexican bandito. His horse was fast. Like, he was obviously a skilled rider. To the point of it being like polished steel, so like a machine. His horse was a machine with him on it. And he wore his gun outside his pants, so he wasn't trying to hide who he was. Like, he wasn't necessarily trying to be like an assassin or anything like that. He's him. And he was not trying to necessarily conform to the world. He is he is his own man, and he is there to fight. Uh, to do whatever duties he needs to do, right? And the last line of that is for all the honest world to feel. So it's showing that uh, comparison of him to the honest world. As you can tell, he's not necessarily the most honest man. He is the polar opposite of that, right? So, Pancho met his match you know on the deserts down in Mexico. Nobody heard his dying words. Ah, but that's the way it goes. All the federales say. So... Pancho met his doom, right? In this last bit. Out in the deserts, no one heard his dying words. Supposedly. Allegedly. Never, no one heard his dying words. And that shows a little bit of foreshadowing, of course. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it seems like every story like that ends up in tragedy. I know most of the Wild West short stories that I write do end of tragedy because that's just how the Wild West has always been. There's those feel-good movies, but when it comes to actuality, you know, you're probably going to die. If you don't die from a gunshot wound, if you don't die from infection, you're probably going to die from tuberculosis or something like that. It's just, it wasn't necessarily the greatest time in America. 
in regards to, you know, livability. And livability in regards to, like, I don't know, H-Span. But when it comes to actually living, it's one of the most wildest and enjoyable times of, I would say, America's history. First course hits. They could have had him any day, but they only let him slip away out of kindness, I suppose. So, I mean, they're basically saying, hey, we had him by the throat, but we kind of let him. Third stanza. Lefty, he can't sing the blues all night long like he used to. So, obviously, he is, uh, he's hitting up there in age. You know, it's, uh, he used to be out there, do whatever he wanted to do, sing the blues, so he may have been an artist himself, right? The dust that Poncho bit down south, so when Poncho died, ended up in Lefty's mouth. So there's that that interesting intersect of what does Lefty have to do with Poncho, right? And this might be, as you're listening to the song for the first time, that might be something that goes in your mind. It's like, why does Pancho, Poncho, and Lefty have to do with each other? Is it just showing the comparison of the two, like Lefty versus Poncho, so Bandito versus Good Guy, Bad Guy versus Good Guy, or is it like morality being Lefty and then immorality being Poncho or Pancho, and then the next verse hits, and then it throws you for a loop. The day they laid poor Poncho low, Lefty split for Ohio, where he got the bread to go, there ain't nobody knows. So, this is essentially saying that, hey, Lefty got all this money from somewhere, and Pancho, you know, when he died, Lefty left for, you know, Ohio. They used to run together, right? That's the interpretation. Lefty and Pancho, Pancho ran together, and you're sitting there like, huh, what happened there? And then the money part, the bread, then it starts to come together. We'll get to that in a minute. He got double-crossed, right? All the federalists say they could have had him any day. We only let him slip away out of kindness, I suppose. So, of course, saying like, hey, we just let him go. And then this also brings up another interesting point of, Poncho's already dead, so why are they singing the chorus again? Are they talking about Lefty? Are they saying they let Lefty go because he could slip away out of kindness? They were obviously running together, so Federales let this guy go. They didn't let Poncho go. If you really think about it, he died. They hung him. So, where is this course coming from and that's where Lefty comes into. They let Lefty go. They let Lefty go to live his life after double crossing. They could have killed him if they wanted to and they can have him whenever they want. But they let him go out of kindness, supposedly. Good faith. Or is it just talking about ponchos? They they could have killed him at any time, but you know, they just kinda like, yeah, we'll let him live a little bit. You know, enjoy his last few days. Interesting point there. At least I feel like. The poets tell how Pancho fell and Lefty's living in cheap hotels. The desert's quiet, Cleveland's cold, and so the story ends, we're told. 
So, essentially, the poets, so the songwriter, right? They talk about how Pancho fell. And they say this could be like a interpretation of Pancho Villa, the infamous uh, Mexican cowboy, cowboy, bandito. And one thing that Towns Van Sant said is that this song, you know, it's it, when he wrote the song, he didn't write it about Pancho or Pancho Villa. He was just writing a song that come to him. And then, actually, it's a weird uh, little statement here is, Someone told him that Pancho had a uh, essentially a gang member whose name loosely translated to Lefty and Espinal. So it's almost like it was a uh, fate thing. So that's an interesting point. On top of itself is that I don't know. Some people talk about songwriting and. They talk about it and they say, hey, this song came to me. And then after the fact, they're like, oh, this this form came up to be like this story. So Lefty is regretting his choice, I would say, right? Especially with this last few lines. Pancho, or Pancho needs your prayers, it's true, but say a few for Lefty too. He only did what he had to do and now he's growing old. There is where it confirms the double cross. Lefty said, yo, you're done. You're done, chief. And turned him in. And he's regretting his choice, man. Because now he's he's living. He's he's alive. But he's not actually living, right? It, one statement that I've, I've heard a lot through my life. One statement that I've heard. And it's one thing that I do live by. Is surviving... Ain't or isn't living. And what Lefty is doing is he is surviving. And he feels that survivor's guilt, right? He's just surviving. He's, he did what he had to do to live, but when it comes all down to it, is it really worth that? Is the self-guilt worth it? Because obviously, him and Pancho, or Pancho, were close. They were good friends. Because he wouldn't feel this regret necessarily if he... Would, and then on top of this, he's a, not necessarily a good guy because he was running with, you know, one of the bad banditos of the time. There's a lot of content here in this short song that if you just sit here and listen to it, you can be like, oh, this is just a cool western song. And it absolutely is, and if that's what, how you want to take it, absolutely take it that way. But one thing that I will say is this song does a great job of crafting it into a way where it's like, yes, there's so much to dive into. All the federales say we could have had him any day. We only let him go so long out of kindness, I suppose. Last stanza. A few gray federales say you could have had him any day. We only let him go so long out of kindness, I suppose. So, on that last little bit, out of kindness, I suppose, is it really kindness to let someone live their life in that guilt? I don't know. 
I feel like that might be the ultimate punishment for somebody that is a, a traitor, which I'm not saying that, you know, Poncho or Pancho shouldn't have been turned around and been like, yo. Or Lefty shouldn't have been like, yo, Pancho, Poncho, you're a bad guy. Therefore, we'll kill you or have these guys kill you. I feel like the kindness is not actually there because I feel like if you were kind, you probably would have just killed both of them. Because now one man's got to live with it for the rest of his life. To know that he made the decision of betraying one of his best friends, his mentor, whatever, for money and survivability. Now, Cleveland's cold, man. He's out there in the cold in Cleveland and may not talk about the physical cold, but like that's how he feels. He's cold. He is not living his life how he wants to. So... That's my interpretation of Poncho or Pancho and Lefty. And I hope you guys enjoy I do believe this is one of the songs that you can sit here and be like, yes, absolutely. It is one of the greatest songs in country music history. And therefore, it is a country classic. So, There's not much more I can say about such a prestigious song. Sitting through here and talking about the song. And one thing, I guess, if you want to knock it down to the pillars is, yes, it has that third pillar, right? the traditional roots of Western times, what it means to be American. But on top of that, it has heartbreak. Because I feel like Lefty's heart is broken because what he's done. Because what he's done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been of the Steel Guitar Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. It's your boy, Cole. And uh, yeah, we're going to sign off here few things make sure that if you're not already following the podcast do so get those downloads started uh, downloads really shows me how I'm doing it really gives me a good interpretation of what episodes are doing really good and what episodes are lackluster and what I could do better of course leaving feedback on top of that at the email it's great I would really appreciate that of all times and one thing that I will also say is leave a review on whatever podcast platform you use, either Spotify, Apple, TuneIn, iHeart, whatever, whatever avenue you use it for, and let me know how I'm doing. Five star, four star. I mean, if I'm a one star, one star me. That's fine. I take feedback all in stride and try to improve the podcast. Um, I don't know if you can tell that the audio quality seems to be a little bit better. I actually found my uh, blue microphone that I was attending to use for, you know, school and podcasting and stuff. But when, you know, COVID happened and I was sent home and everything, I just kind of forgot about it and I found it in the closet one day and I'm like, maybe I can get an adapter from my iPhone and plug it in and it actually works pretty good. So I'm really happy with the audio quality. I don't mind doing it on my phone, which I still technically am doing on my phone. But, uh, It's one of those things where I'm sitting here and I'm really enjoying this and having a great time with the podcast and talking about just that, country music and nothing of or nothing before and talking about how it relates to us at this current time and when it was written or wrote. So I hope you guys enjoyed this installment of the Country Classics. This is Poncho or Pancho and Lefty and on top of that, I have a Spotify playlist started for it, so as we're going through the songs, I will, you know, talk about it, 
and then add it to the Spotify playlist. So therefore, when we're done, which will never truly be done, you guys can listen to the songs in the order you want to, shuffled or just straight down the line, and we will keep on going. And that actually is linked on my Instagram at the Steel Guitar Pod, and you can go to the link tree, and it has, of course, the podcast. It has affiliated links, so my shirts and stuff, my hats that I'm having worked on at the current moment, trying to see what they look like before I really advertise those because, you know, I'm not asking people to spend their money for me. It's not something necessarily I want to do. I just created these so I could get the name of the podcast out more than just stickers and koozies. So they're on there. You can look at them, a lot of different colors and stuff. I have some coming in so I can see the quality, and then I can make micro adjustments to it as I need. So, On top of that, guys, thank you guys for listening, you gals. I I really do appreciate your time. I know that you know, you're a very busy person and that you spend 30 minutes of your life every week or an hour if you take two episodes, three episodes, whatever, you take time out of your life to listen to. My old rugged country sounding voice means a lot to me. So, thank you. I appreciate y'all. I love you all. And as I always say, keep country music alive. Adios.